0: Was like one week my wife was sick. Another week the baby was sick, and then um, the heralds were in Illinois um, for vacation. And so everything seemed like it wasn't working out. But they kind of got it all done basically this last week. And so it's a lot to get done last minute. But I'm um, Luke chapter one in verse twenty six. Says, and in the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hell, thou art highly favored, the Lord is with thee, blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. It feels weird preaching from a different pulpit again. You preach here every week for a while and then now we got our new pulpit. And so using the portable one, it feels like I'm too tall and stuff. Well, if you think it's bad enough of what I'm wearing today, my wife sent me to the store to go get a peanut butter cup for the play, so you could feel sorry for me having you go out in public like this. I thought I was just going to be in hiding over here. But nope, I had to go in public and people holler at me from their vehicles and say, man, but, but they all complimented me. They said, that looks awesome. So they didn't give me the negativity my wife gave me, saying I look like Christmas threw up. Amen. <laughs> um, all right, but with Christmas time, we're... When Jesus came, so to speak, when He was born, it came at the appointed time. It work; it always works towards God's sovereign plan. We see that there is the sixth month of the pregnancy of Elizabeth, the mother of John the Baptist, and there was no forewarning. The angel appeared at the set time. The Lord had issued um, Galatians um, four four. So there was a forewarning in the sense of Bible prophecy, but not as far as where, how the humans were ready to receive it. They, they, they didn't know Jesus was coming yet, but if they looked at the Old Testament scriptures, they would be able to see the exact timing, um, not of so much of his birth, but of when he would be crucified. And, and so we see in Galatians 4, verse 4, it says, But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And so here the Bible says the fullness of time. Right in God's timing, we're not going to turn here now, but write this down, Daniel 9 24 to 27, and this is a 70-week prophecy, and each day of those weeks is actually counting as years, so it's a week of seven years instead of a week of seven days. But there is a prophecy that was given when a decree, a decree was given that when a king would then make another decree, that basically it would be 483 years. So 69 weeks first, 69 weeks. Um, then, then the Messiah would be cut off, that Christ would die. And in the 70th week, it's yet to happen. That's the 70th week is what we usually term the tribulation, the great tribulation period of the end times, God's dealings with Israel. And that's where the 70 weeks were determined upon Israel. So there is the 69 weeks from when the king made a decree and Jesus was crucified right to the year. And then... After the crucifixion, God turned to the church age, but then in the end times, God's going to be um, focused back on Israel again, and so it is no surprise that you're seeing Israel in the news regularly, and that you see politicians, many of them, despise and hate Israel, and they'll try to show footage of when um, Israel is defending themselves, and um, while the Palestinians would use children and their wives as human shields, um, and Israel, for the most part, they do their best to try to protect the civilians, even of the enemies. But anytime a casualty happens, it's all over the news about how bad and evil Israel is. When it's the Palestinians that are the ones, which biblical times they would be akin, similar to the Philistines, that then who David had to go against um, Goliath. But the Bible teaches specifically in the Old Testament and in Revelation that there would be a day when just about all the nations of the earth would come against Israel. And so don't be surprised about any of that when you see that in the news and that's where you could be thankful for a president whether you like him or not but he has led our country to be a friend of israel and so anyways this all happens to the appointed time just like the things with israel happened to the with the appointed time jesus birth happened at the appointed time and his crucifixion of course And so there was an appointed time, there was an angelic messenger, a special angel, Gabriel. His name comes from the Hebrew, Gabriel, which means warrior of God, a man of God. 550 years prior, Gabriel had appeared again to Daniel, and had also appeared to Zechariah by the altar of incense in the the temple and announce the birth of John the Baptist. Gabriel is mentioned by name only four times in Scripture, and each time he is either delivering a special message of prophetic importance, all related to the coming of the Messiah. That was the special task of this angel in the announcement, everything leading to the Messiah. And in the Christmas story, we see there was a woman who had was an attentive recipient. She was a pure woman, as the Bible talks about that, to a virgin, a spouse, um, to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. You know, some modern scholars have tried to say that, like, oh, you know, in the Greek, um, this word could be, Translated as just simply a maid instead of a virgin, so maybe not a miracle actually did not happen. but you know when you look at the Hebrew what the Greek was translated from, the Hebrew always only meant virgin. And so we can know scripturally you know the New Testament was fulfilling the prophecy in the Old Testament that a virgin would conceive a miracle that has never happened before and never to happen again. And so we see that Mary was a pure, she was a chaste um, woman. You know, the Bible says, A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches, and love and favor rather than silver and gold. Um, in Matthew 1.18, um, it says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise: when his Mother Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together. And so again, the Bible gives him in more detail to um, be specific. But she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. And so the birth of God's son, now this isn't his beginning. Jesus said while well, he was living, well he was, his, he's still living, but while well, he was... Um, walking in flesh um, he says, prayed to the Father share with me the glory that we've shared before the foundations of the world and so the birth of Jesus is not a beginning of Jesus but a beginning of him being in flesh of being manifested in the flesh as First Timothy 3.16 says God was manifest in the flesh and so for Jesus, though, for, when he was born, it had to be a miracle. It's the, the, and different than the natural processes um, due to the sinful nature of mankind. The sinful natures pass on through the man, and we'll get through that in a little bit. But it says that she was espoused to a man, and this is their betrothal period, which would begin with a contract of marriage. The couple was legally married. That's why you see they're already called husband and wife, and so legally by the law, they're considered married, except for that they would be separated up to a year while the husband made a place for he and his new bride to live. And if the woman was found unfaithful during that period of time, that one year, she could be publicly stoned or divorced, be in disgrace for life, or put away privately, and, and, and so that's what would be the custom of the day, and so that's why Joseph decided, you know, at first that he was going to put her away privately, that he was not going to make a public scene out of it, but then an angel appears to Joseph and, and lets him know what's going on. Isaiah 7.14 is where the prophecy is found, Um, about a virgin. Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Mary was also a prepared woman, prepared by the Lord. Um, It says she was of the house of David in verse 27. And so not only was the Joseph of David's lineage, but Mary, too, descended from David's lineage through his son Nathan. And so you have the legal line that comes through Joseph for the lineage. But then you have the, um, the maternal line, the paternal you have the, the line that physically, that people would have said, "Oh, well, he's not really Joseph's son." But then by being the son of Mary, He had access or he had the lineage to David through Mary in a physical way and legally through Joseph. So it so it covers both bases, so to speak. She was a preferred woman. She was highly favored, greatly graced. Um, The phrase highly favored comes from the word chertu, which means to peruse with grace, compass with favor, to honor with blessings. And Mary was favored because God's grace was upon her. She was favored because, as the Bible says, the Lord is with thee. The word blessed comes from another Greek word, eulogio, which is where we get our English word eulogy, which means to praise or celebrate with praises. One week, a Sunday school teacher had just finished telling her class the Christmas story. After telling the story, the teacher asked, who do you think the most important woman in the Bible is? Of course, the teacher was expecting the kids to say, Mary. But instead, the little boy raised his hand and said, um, Eve. So the teacher asked him why he thought Eve was the most important woman in the Bible. The little boy replied, well, they named two days of the year after Eve. You know Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve. Hmm. Anyway, so here in, go ahead and go to verse 30, and we see a spectacular announcement. There shall be no end. And so here we see that there was the coming of a child. A comforting announcement. And it being said, fear not. You know, having an angel appear to you would be fearful. You're seeing something, someone that you've never seen before. But it comes with a comforting message. And to be at ease, the fear not. The pastor once said he would go on a diet and he prayed, Lord, if you don't want me to eat donuts, make all the parking spots full at the donut shop. Later, a friend saw him eating donuts. And he goes, I thought you were on a diet. The pastor replied, I prayed for the Lord, do not let there be parking spots at the donut shop. But about the eighth time of driving around, a car pulled out and a spot opened up. Oh, well, it was directly spoken to Mary, not to fear Gabriel's appearance. It is a great comfort to know that God is in control and has provided a plan for men to not have to fear the unknown future now and after death. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear hath torment. He that fear of is not made perfect in love. You know, you think about when we have fear in life, where we fear man. It brings about an anxiety about us. It's a snare to us. It's, it's, it's a trap. But when there is love, it casts out fear. And then we see that there's the coronation of a king. We see that his speaking of his name being Jesus. And the name Jesus means Jehovah is salvation. Jehovah is salvation. A television interviewer was walking the streets of Tokyo at Christmas time. Much as in America, Christmas shopping is a big commercial success in um, Japan. The interviewer stopped one young woman on the sidewalk and asked, What is the meaning of Christmas? Laughing, she responded, I don't know. Is that the day that Jesus died? Not only, you know, it not being a Christian culture, Christian nations. Um there's the gospel's being preached there, and many times underground, many times not underground as much um, today. Um, but still Christianity's not huge. But she said she didn't know and she asked, Is that the day Jesus died? Christmas. Well, in a way, it's true. You know, even you look in America, that Christmas becomes all commercialized. There's no thoughts of Jesus. It's all about Santa Claus, all about the gifts. And again, nothing wrong with gifts. You know what? We give our children gifts. We have a Christmas tree. We, um, we, we celebrate, we have traditions and everything. However, to many in society, Jesus is not to be found. Oh, how we ought to regain the marvel of Christmas. The, the awe, the wonder, the love of Jesus. And you think about his name, it's an easy name. It's not a very complicated and difficult name. You know, in First Chronicles, there's a man named Tilgath Pilaneser. Man, thankfully we weren't, weren't having to say this. Believe on, Tilgath, You know that we didn't have to say some kind of weird name like that. And, and say another man, Maharshalo Hashbaz. Man, can you imagine if that was the name of our Savior? Man, you go, except you call upon the name of this. It's like, man, how have you even say the name? But the name Jesus was a common name and an easy name, but it was an esteemed name because of His work on what He has done for us. In Philippians 2.9, it says, "Wherefore God also hath highly exalted Him, and given Him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven, and things in earth, and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Every knee is going to bow. Every knee is going to worship at the name of Jesus to the glory of the Father. And it's an enduring name. You see his name, um, not always mentioned by the name Jesus, but you see the person of Jesus spoken about all the way from Genesis through Revelation. It's an eternal name. When history ends and those who made it are fallen, his name will remain. It's an exclusive name. And speaking of Jesus Christ as a whole, in that Acts 4.12 says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. John 1.14 says, And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory is the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And we see his position that it shall be great. And the word great um, is translated from the Greek word Megas meaning predicted of reign, is belonging to persons, immediate, Im- immediate for ability, virtue, authority, power. Jesus is above all things. He is preeminent. As Colossians 1.17 says, and he is before all things. And by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. Shall be called the son of the highest. We see his rule in verse um, 32. That the Lord shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And that's what Israel was looking for. They were looking for Jesus to come in, get rid of the Romans, and that Israel would become a nation again. But that was not yet in God's plan yet. God's timing. It's still going to happen, and we see Jesus beca- I mean we see Israel became a nation again in 1948. You know what? After, you know what, Germany tried to exterminate all the Jews. People thought there would be no Israel. Even churches started to teach that the church replace Israel. And that they would say we are the chosen ones and that, that we are the Israel. Now, we are a chosen seed, you know, as Christians, you know, we're called in Christ, but God has not yet completed his work with Israel. And so now they became a nation again. And that's why prophecy became of interest around the world, um, really, because they're like, oh, wow, would well, the Bible prophesize that God would gather his elect Israel from all over the earth and bring them back? to Israel. When that happened in 1948, people's eyes were open. They're like, wow, you know what, maybe we shouldn't have a lack of faith and think, oh, you know what, let's just spiritualize or allegorize what the Bible says. No, let's take the Bible for what it literally says, and it also literally says that Jesus will be coming back and he will rule and reign from Jerusalem for a thousand years. And, and, then, and then it will go into, the, the heaven and earth will be destroyed and a new heaven and new earth will be created and his rule will be perpetual. It will be forever. Uh, in 2 Samuel seven twelve, it says, And when the days be fulfilled, and thou shalt sleep with thy fathers, I will set up thy seed after thee, which shall proceed out of thy bells, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build in house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. That his kingdom would not end. Revelation eleven fifteen says, And the seven angels sounded, and there were great voices in heaven saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. And so again, we already covered this, so I'm just going to go over this part real quick. But we see the miraculous birth was a supernatural conception. Verse 34, Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy son Elizabeth, she have also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren um, before. For with God nothing shall be impossible. And so we see a supernatural conception. We see that the miracle is described that the Holy Ghost would come upon her, that the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. And as she shall bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus in Matthew 1 um, 21. One um, preacher said this, "...only as the Holy Spirit takes the place of the human father in Jesus' conception, can it be true that the one conceived is both fully God and fully man. Christ must be both God and man to atone for sin. But for this to occur, he must be conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of a human virgin. No one else in the history of the world is conceived by the Spirit and born of a virgin mother. Therefore, Jesus alone qualifies to be Savior. And so the miracle was determined, determined by an omnipotent power of God, in that with God, nothing shall be impossible. Jesus said in Matthew 19, 26, But Jesus beheld them and said unto them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. And so we see Jesus was a miraculous gift. He's the reason we celebrate Christmas. To remember his birth, to remember his life, and then ultimately his death and resurrection. But we see with Mary, when she, God was looking for a surrendered servant. And we see in verse 38, she accepted um, the responsibility to give birth. And in verse 38, it says, and Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. She accepted the role God would give her. All of us can give a heart of surrender to the Lord. One preacher said he started the whole adventure of Christianity in Nazareth. Nazareth? Question mark. Yes, Nazareth. Why Nazareth? Because there he found a woman who was completely yielded to his purpose for her life. Great works of God rarely start in big places. Rather, they start in small place, in some person with a big commitment. Jesus, in Luke twenty-two, forty-two said, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me, the crucifixion he was about to face. And he, yet yeah, he said, Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Jesus looked at, he wanted his will to be in line with the Father's. We see Mary, she wanted her will to be in line with God. And so she was a submitted servant to the Lord. William Barclay once said, The world's most popular prayer is, Thy will be changed. But the greatest prayer is, Thy will be done. You know, so often when we pray, we maybe don't say it that way, Thy will be changed. But we're often praying for God to alter or change what God has allowed or enabled in our life. And rather, we ought to be as we may make a request made known to God, but in it with nevertheless, Lord, Thy will be done. If you're having me go through this hardship, you're having me go through this trial, teach me through it. Let me know what I'm to gain from this and learning, or how I could be a testimony to others in my difficulty. How can I manifest your glory through my situation? God is ready to assume full responsibility for a life wholly yielded to Him. God used Mary how God intended to use Mary. And she was yielded to be used that way. And I just want to ask you this morning, are you yielded? Are you willing to yield yourself? Surrender yourself? Don't worry, you're not going to be given a virgin birth, okay? That's already been done. And not going to be done again. But you surrender yourself to the Lord. And let God use you how He seems fit. Let's pray and we'll have a song of invitation It's uh, instrumental um, over the speaker's um, place. But just spend time with the Lord and be surrendered to Him and remember the reason for Christmas. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank You, Lord, for the day today for us to be able to be here in just a, a small church in a